Hello, everyone, and welcome to One Control Report Podcast, episode 127. I'm Benjamin Yoder, here today to talk to you about video games. Actually, pretty late on a Sunday, I'm running the dishwasher, <laughs> so if you guys hear it, I'm sorry. Hopefully, I can uh, cut it out if it's if it's too noisy. Um, but anyways, yeah, uh, video games. That is not something I've been doing much of. <laughs> um I, I have a and let me let me go ahead and pull up this list here. I was not planning on doing this, so we're we're about we're already going off track here. But uh I have started a lot of games and I have not I've I've hit this point where I don't have time to play any of them right now. <laughs> Cause I'm trying to figure out some other stuff, uh, you know, for the Japan trip stuff and also editing the Lost Cams 2 podcast and stuff. So so there's a lot of things that are kinda on hold, uh, including uh, uh, Star Line episode three that's been on hold for a while. Nothing new there. Uh, I technically started Cheapy Robo Ziplash, and I wanted to finish it, but uh, and before I did the 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 Cheapy Robo uh research piece, um, but I didn't get I didn't get it finished by then, unfortunately. Um, well, I haven't. I, I'm still in the first world, so didn't even really start it. So I'm not really sure if I want to keep pursuing Cheapy Robo Ziplash right now or not. Um, and then I started up Gun Gun Pixies, which I talked about last week. I have not touched, not, have not touched it since then. Uh, it's still technically playing Twenty Four Tokyo or Twenty Fourth Ward of Tokyo, I think is what it's called, or something like that. But Twenty Four Tokyo is the e- easy thing to read English wise. Uh, we play Motion, and then I've been streaming Gun Valkyrie, uh, and then so I added another thing on top of that. Um, in planning for the Halloween stream that's going to be coming up this week, I was like, oh, maybe I'll check out Amiibo Festival and and see if this is like something that could be done on the stream and then found out that oh amiibo festival takes place in like the month so like you know if you're in only the first one actually depends on the system clock after that you can choose whatever much month you want uh to play in but but if you want to play uh october to be halloween you have to play the entire month and halloween just happens to be on october 31st and an entire game of Amiibo Festival takes an hour and a half. <laughs> so unless things go real bad on stream and I have a excessive amount of time left, uh, I doubt we're going to play any Amiibo Festival during the Halloween stream. But I have been playing Amiibo Festival because it's a weird thing. Like, I don't know. It's it's barely a game, um, it, but it's relaxing because of that in some ways. I mean, Animal Crossing has a very relaxic, relaxing style in general. Um but yeah, it's like there's barely any changes between each of the months. Like as far as I can tell so far, and things have been slowly unlocking for me uh, otherwise. But there's basically just like uh, the same board that doesn't seem to change between re- uh, seasons. And each board has like, well, you have visual changes that happen between seasons. But like the, the layout of the board doesn't really change. Um, and then you just have like different events that happen throughout the year. And a lot of them don't change that much like in the in true animal crossing fashion you kind of have like one or two uh special events a month maybe one is probably more accurate um and then you kind of have like these little events that happen throughout so uh every sunday the stock markets opens where you can you know buy and sell uh turnips which is essentially like a, a gambling system where you buy them at a certain price and then try to sell them at a higher price uh in the case of um what's it called what is this video game called amiibo festival um the, the price of the turnips depends on what square you're on, so you can kind of... And if you don't know, Amiibo Festival is kind of like this Mario Party thing. I, I should explain this earlier. It's like a Mario Party thing where you roll dice to go around this board, and the whole point is to collect four stamps around the map um, to to 
well, that's kind of the main goal per se, but the real the real goal is to get happy points and um and whoever has the most happiness at the end is the the winner basically. Um anyway, so so you have these like individual or you have like the the weekly events, so you have, you know, Red coming in and he doesn't sell you furniture because there's no housing in this game, but he'll sell you like cards that give you certain dice rolls or other power-ups. Uh and then you have like the fortune teller who basically will give you uh either bad or good fortune and then it's dependent on like the dice roll so if somebody rolls a four that entire week and you got like a good four fortune uh you'll get like free money or happy points that week based off the card you got and same thing if you get a bad fortune it'll be the opposite so every time somebody rolls a four it's like taking stuff away from you're like ah (laughs) so yeah it's a it's a it's a weird little thing and there's not a lot to it so far but uh, it's 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 surprisingly relaxing. I just have been putting it on whenever, like you know, I'm folding laundry or something, or or I'll probably put it on while I edit this podcast. To be honest, uh, and and well, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. It depends on how long this podcast is. But but it's just like a super easy thing. To just put on and 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 roll and just you know, kind of leave it on in the background because there's no real penalty to losing. It just depends on how many happy points you get. The whole thing, you know, being called Amiibo Festival, the whole thing's based around Amiibos. So I'm, I'm using Tom Nook right now and it will save the progress of that character on the Amiibo. So I'm unlocking different outfits and stuff uh, for Tom Nook. One disappointing thing is that, uh, and, and heads up, if you don't have an Amiibo, an Animal Crossing Amiibo figure, not the cards, um, you literally cannot play Amiibo Festival. It will not let you get past the start screen without an Amiibo. Um, but yeah, you can't play any of the, as far as I can tell, and if you're playing single player, you can't play any of the villagers. Just sad because like, I feel like the Animal Crossing villagers, like an iconic character. And, and like, I don't know, like it would have been cool to like be able to like customize your villager, switch on different clothes, different, do different hairstyles. But instead you just get like girl one through four and boy one through four. And, and some of them are cute. Like the uh, girl one is the same girl that appears in uh, Mario Kart 8. And I like that girl one design a lot. It's like the pink hair girl with like the little ponytail. Um, I, I, I enjoy that character design, but, um. You know, in the case of, you know, playing alone, basically the NPC or the, yeah, the computer players all play villagers. Uh, and then if you play multiplayer and other players don't have an amiibo, they also play villagers. Although I think you're literally at a disadvantage because um, when you roll dice uh, with an amiibo, you get happy points, I think. So you get plus one happy point every turn. Where I think if you're playing a villager, you literally get no happy points per turn. So you're already at a disadvantage if you don't have an amiibo. But, uh, yeah, and then the Amiibo cards basically seem to change, like, the characters that are on the map. But I don't really know what effect that has because uh, the game only comes with three Amiibo cards. And um, those three characters, I think, are already on the map when you start the game. So, unless I go to my way to get more Amiibo cards, I'm guessing not a lot changes. I don't know. Maybe I'll buy a pack and just see what happens. Um, but, yeah, it's a it's a, a weird little thing. And, then you know, there being 12, 12 months in the year, uh, you know, there's 12 different uh event set of events you can play so i've i've done uh august september october january i think and i think i did december as well i can't remember for sure um we might do some more stuff with it in the future uh you know it's not really because it's an hour and 15 minutes it's not really something you can do in a quick play uh unless i choose a month where it's like you know the front part of the the quick play is front loaded so maybe we'll do like a a full stream of it and then I'll I'll do it. Maybe maybe like for a Thanksgiving stream, I'll 
I'll play through the entirety of Amiibo Festival November, get the turkey, because I have not, not played November yet. So, I don't know. We'll see. We shall see. But that's really it for what I've been playing, unfortunately. Um, I, I really need to, you know, start knocking out some of these titles. Uh, Gun Valkyrie, you can go watch that. The jetpack is still really hard to control. Uh, but, ooh, man, there's some weird stuff in that, that last stream. Particularly this one level with, like, this very... I don't know how to explain the track. It just doesn't fit the game at all. And there's like these mumbled voices in the background. It's actually pretty neat. It reminds me a little bit of like Eternal Darkness in some ways where you have like the uh, the little scripts by Maximilian, I think he is. And he, he like is writing on the description of the monsters and like, you know, talking about how disgusting they are and everything and how they disturb him. It kind of feels like that in some ways. Uh, but in the game itself, it's hard to actually understand. But somebody actually ripped all those voice files out of the game because they're not baked into the song. They just play randomly, it sounds like. And uh, and so you can hear them clearly online. I th- so maybe I'll link a, a couple of those down in there, so or down in the description, so you, could, you can hear that if you want. In terms of news this week, just some little tiny hits there and there. Nothing really I have a ton to say about. Um, Love Plus Every is coming out on October 31st, so thankfully we are out of Love Plus Hell. Development Hell, I guess I should say. I guess we're joining Love Plus Hell. Um, I really don't know if... like I had a friend ask me, he's like, do you think you'll get localized? Because he's... I like in my mind, Love Plus will never get localized, <laughs> but it makes a good point that like you know this kind of genre is is more popular in the West now. So so will Love Plus get localized? And I I, I really don't know. My my gut says no. Um, I really don't. I'm trying to think if Konami has really pushed any of that stuff out here, but they haven't really yet. So I don't know. I'll be I won't be super surprised if it does, but but I won't be super surprised if it. If it doesn't, if I were to bet, I would probably say it doesn't come out here, but you know, I'd be, I'd be excited to see it release in, in the U S. Uh, but unfortunately I still haven't even finished love plus the original. So, so I need to work on that. That's, that's something I got to fi- sit down and find time to commit to at some point because I'm like in this in between period, uh, where I don't have anything super planned out yet. Um, and, and I haven't really committed to a game long-term kind of like you know, pecking around at a bunch of games, it's very tempting to think of other things I should be doing. So it's kind of a hectic time to really commit to something like Love Plus, especially since I think I really need a plan when coming to Love Plus, because the reality is, is that when playing the game in real time, um, you know, my personal lifestyle as a grown ass adult man <laughs> um, um, does not fit the lifestyle of a 16 year old girl going to high school and trying to date them. Um, so, so I, I would need to probably do some, you know, mess the system clock on the system I'm using and, and try to get, get it set up where in the real time dating, I can probably, uh, figure out better, uh, what windows I can, I can do like maximum datage, I guess. (laughs) Cause ultimately what was happening was I'd get home, try to date, uh, Manaka or something. And then she'd be like, I'm sorry, I'm going to bed. Good night. And I'm like, oh no, it's like 6.30 my time or something. <laughs> um, and so the weekends were really all, all, all I could do anything with her with. Um, and then, but there's also like a, a, a time skip mode where you can just play the game normally. So I'll probably, what I'll probably do um, is I need to re-unlock Monaka on the Wii U. Uh, I finished Nene's on the Wii U. So she, her her dating portion has portion started for me. And then uh, I also need to uh, finish Rinko's um, 
uh, part of the story. And I'll probably do Nene and Rinko in uh, the the fast mode, and just play them like normally and try to try to get some sense. I mean, the game never really ends, but get some sense of of you know what those characters are to the point that I feel comfortable. And then maybe for the time being, date Manaka in real time. And then once I I you know have felt that I've gotten a hold of what that real time dating is like. Um, go ahead and do her time skip as well and just play it till I feel satisfied at that point. Because um, really, the, when you, quote, beat Love Plus in terms of the, the, the main story, um, you're really just getting an op- opening introductory tap chapter. So it's not really like you're beating the game at that point. But yeah, I, I really just need to sit down and, and commit to that game and, and really give it up my all. Um Another little thing here is that Root Film is coming out in the in at least Europe. I can't remember if it was in the U.S. as well. Uh, I like this game. I like how this game looks aesthetically. Um, I was I was really interested in Root Letter, and then I just never picked it up. So that's the unfortunate case with Root Film is that because Root Letter exists and I still haven't played it, uh, Root Film will probably not happen anytime soon. But I like how it looks. That's all I can really say about it. I'm glad it's coming over. I wish the best for the Root series. I guess I guess that's what it's called now. Uh, P cube, I think is publishing it again. So, so that's good. And, and I'm going to guess the PAL version will get a physical at least. I think P cube has been generally pretty good about putting out, uh, physical releases, um, for, for all their games in the U S as well. But I feel like the U S they, they are a bit slow on it. I think, I think P cube did gun gun pixies as well. Let me just see here. Where's this? Where's who's yep. P cube gun gun pixies. There are a lot of company names on this gun gun pixies box. Like four P Cube, Idea Factory, Shade, which is the actual developer, and Compile Heart. Oh, you know what? Compile Heart's probably on here because wait, does Compile do NepNep? Yeah, they do NepNep. Um, Compile Heart is probably on here because of Nep. Uh, I don't think they had any like real investment in the game itself. Sorry, Gun Gun Pixies side thing. I'm I'm really interested to play more Gun Gun Pixies. Uh, I saw somebody wrote write a a review as well of Gun Gun Pixies that uh that seem to be taking the game fairly seriously, which is kind of the, 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 the important thing I feel like with these like this, because, you know, Gun Gun Pixies, you could go after the super low hanging fruit of just like, oh yes, it's the sexy game that's full of the sexy times. Uh, but you know, that is only, you know, skin deep to some extent. Like if that's what you're looking for, yeah, that game, yeah, the game totally has that. Uh, but it's not what I'm particularly looking for. I'm looking for kind of interesting mechanics and that game does have some interesting stuff going on. Um, but yeah, I don't know what the plan is for Gun Gun Pixies. I don't know if it's just going to be like a quick play or, or, or if it's going to be something else. I don't think it'll be like a full video, but hey, who can say? I feel like I don't really determine if it's going to be a full video until like after I've beaten the game and everything. I'm probably about a third of the way through the game based off what I've heard. So, uh, at some point, Gun Gun Pixies, I will continue. <laughs> Uh, there's also a new trailer put out for Dragon and Colonies, which if you don't know what this is, it's, uh, uh, Keiji and Afune uh his mobile game so he actually put out this game a while ago i forget when it came out i think it was like six months ago and uh, i think it was a huge dud of a launch um and i think the the problem was is that mechanically there was some interesting stuff if i'm recalling pulling random garbage out of my brain again so it may not be accurate but i think mechanically uh there was some interesting stuff you're like have these little cubes that you like place units on and i think you like flip the cube around to determine who like attacks and the cubes like smack into each other when they when they attack each other like lock together and then the two units like battle it out basically um so it had like a fantasy vibe around it before and it still has that but but how they're contextualizing it now in the new version because i think they shut the game down for now 
like a lot of games that that you know kind of come out as a dud but they still are trying to you know salvage it um so they shut the game down i think for now and then uh what they're relaunching it has is actually like an esport thing like so like the story around it is like an esport so it's like a bunch of people in like a coliseum watching this cube flip around and you know the actual cube stuff like with the characters on there are all like you know they look like the same character models and everything so it's all like fantasy based but you have these characters who are like the esport player playing this game and then they kind of transform into into like these the, the characters that are on the field um so i think that i'm not sure if it was like these characters were made originally and then they made new characters for them to transform into or they were previously like fantasy characters and now they have like a real world version of themselves to do it reminds me like like just looking at it um it reminds me a little bit of uh in the world ends with you there's like this weird beyblades mini game that you could do and and so the whole the whole like side story was like your characters talking about this beyblades tournament or whatever and then like it wasn't even like your characters technically, I think, weren't even the same characters because you all had different names, um, even though it used the same character sprites for them. Uh, so you had like these Pokemon-like names, like red, blue, yellow, and stuff like that. And uh, and so it's like this weird little like side competition story that went on. Reminds me a little bit of how that that is, but uh, yeah, I think it's I think you know I think the game looks nice. It's it looks pretty good, but the reality is is that I'll probably never play it. It's a mobile game, um, and and. Uh, hey, just here's the, the next story I was going to say is that there's a new Castlevania Grimoire of Souls trailer for the English release. I'm like, great, cool. This looks this looks neat and fun. But like I sit down and like I'm, I don't really play mobile games right now. There's a little period of time where I was like experimenting stuff with like, you know, Puzzles and Dragons, Crash Fever. Uh, uh, not really a mobile game, but it is in, in some form. Uh, Venus Vacation, that that game. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and so it's just, I haven't really been playing so, so much mobile stuff anymore. And, um, you know, I would really like to get back into mobile, but they're always so time consuming. And I'm going to guess uh, Dragon and Colonies is probably not that much different. And honestly, I'd rather play on like a PC or something if I can. So, but yeah, Castlevania Grimoire of Souls. I'm interested in checking it out, but I sit down and think about when I would play this and how, because I don't really have a lot of commuting or anything like that, or a lot of downtime when I'm out and about. I'm usually, you know, out by myself, so I'm, like, actively moving and doing stuff. Um, so it's not really, yeah, I, just, I, I don't know when I would play Grimoire of Souls, but I might I might give it a download, just give it a, give it a shot. I'm also worried about my phone battery. It hasn't been great lately, <laughs> so I'm not really sure. I don't want to buy a whole new phone because my phone's generally doing pretty good. Um, I have a, a Galaxy S7, but uh, but actually replacing the battery is still like a hundred bucks. And I'm like, ah, maybe I should just get a new phone. I originally got it because I wanted to do Final Fantasy XI Mobile HD on there, and then uh, that for sure never came out. <laughs> I, think, I think it's still on Nexon's release list. But uh, but we'll see. I I had my doubts. Castle and Grimoire Souls is going to come out. So hey, anything can happen. <laughs> um, but yeah, mobile games. I would love to spend more time with them, but I just like I don't I don't think I will. Unfortunately, I'll keep trying. I only got a limited amount of time though. <laughs> if I start making money from doing video game covers, then I can maybe spend more time on that stuff. But right now, I gotta choose my 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 time carefully and by carefully i mean playing amiibo festival the most non-video game ever i'm definitely only going to spend 15 hours doing that because uh again hour and 15 minutes per game and 12 months a year 
Uh, and the other thing, in, in continuing the the fan translation stuff of games that I've always like been kind of interested in and glad to see they're getting fan translations, uh, Naple Tale is getting a fan translation. This is a Dreamcast platformer that I, I never really spent a ton of time looking at before. I, I saw some screenshots back in the day. And uh, yeah, it's like a, it's like a, a 2D side-scroller, but it's not really 2D. It's all 3D modeled. And it's not 2.5D either because it's not just 3D models on a single path. You have like a a range of area you can kind of move around. So if you can think of like beat em ups, like you know the Dungeons and Dragons and ga- games where where you can kind of like move up and down the field in addition to left and right, it's it's a lot like that. So you're like on a path. Maybe Crash Bandicoot would be a, a good example as well. I haven't played that much Crash Bandicoot to say if that's how it plays really though. I really only know like the first level of Crash Bandicoot and like all of that that I can remember is just like running away, like towards the back of the screen. <laughs> So I was just thinking about um, if you if you didn't know, uh, and I, I think I actually wrote an article about this a long time ago. Uh, Crash Bandicoot was originally called Sonic's Ass Game or something. I said the ass twice this podcast now, now three times, uh, because you'd be looking at you know Crash's butt the whole game, and so they're like, oh, <laughs> that's what this game is is staring at Sonic's butt the whole time, basically, even though it's not Sonic, but you know mascot platformer kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, Naple Tale. Anyways, back to Naple Tale. So that's getting a fan translation. It's a very cute game, and I, I've always really wanted to check it out. I haven't checked to see what the pricing is like these days. I think even back in the day, it was not particularly a cheap Dreamcast game. Dreamcast game prices went up pretty quick, I think, probably because, you know, Sega fans are... It was the last Sega console. It has a relatively smaller library compared to a lot of other consoles, so so it's probably better to, like, easier to do, like, a collection for it. Um... But yeah, it's it's just a really cute, nice-looking game. And the composer for the uh, game is uh, the person who did Cowboy Bebop's music. And you'd probably never guess based off the music, but it's just so relaxing. Like, I typically don't listen to video game soundtracks of games I have not played. Uh, but in the case of, of Naple Tale, I will listen to that soundtrack, uh, especially on, like, particularly stressful days at work. Because it just kind of calms me down. It's a really great song. Um, but, or great soundtrack so yeah that's on my list of, of eventually just kind of a little bit of a dreamcast news and i think i've talked about this on the streams a little bit and i don't know if i talked about it last week on the podcast uh i bought a toro vga box so i can finally do uh the little uh 480p out of a dreamcast there's also like an rgb setting on there i'm not sure exactly how that works at this point so basically uh i have a way to connect it to my frame meister uh like a, a jp21 converter to you know european scart or whatever it is and so, um, so I bought the little Toro box or whatever it's called, but the problem is I forgot to buy the SCART cable. Uh, if you don't know, SCART cables are not particularly common in the U.S., so I actually had to pay a nice chunk of money for it. I'm sure I could probably could have gotten the SCART cable cheaper elsewhere, especially if I, like, imported from Europe, but, uh, but I just bought, like, the Amazon-listed one, which was, uh, like, 20 bucks. <laughs> um, um, but because I had forgot to purchase it, I was like, I kind of want this quick. So I went ahead and uh, ordered it. So hopefully next week I'll I'll have that on hand. And at the same time, and I need to look up the name here real quick because I, I I did not write it down. Uh, there's a Hunex game that actually got localized on the Sega Dreamcast, uh, and it's listed on their website as a game they developed. But I can't actually find I can't actually find their names on the the packaging or anything at this point. And I couldn't find the credits online, so I couldn't verify if they have anything listed in there. Uh, but the game is Industrial Spy, Operation Espionage. Yeah, D- D- Industrial Spy, 
Operation Espionage for the Sega Dreamcast. And I think the uh, the Japanese name is SP-On-Age. So Espionage. I think that's what the name is. Um, but yeah, it's like a 3D uh, kind of like puzzle game where you have characters that kind of run around. It's, if, if you've seen the Aconcagua video, it, it somewhat looks like that a little bit, but more of a a spy kind of vibe to it. Um, so we'll probably take a look at that here. I'm, I'm kind of accruing a small little thing of, of recent game pickups. So so once I've, I've got time to really sit down and, and explore those, then uh, I'll probably do, do some posts. And now that I have this VGA box, we might do some like a, a Dreamcast test stream or something like that just to kind of see how easy it is to switch between these different modes and stuff in real time. Uh, on stream so i i don't have a ton of dreamcast games but i have a a reasonable number um i need to also see how you force games to boot in 480p because i think a lot of games don't support 480p like similar to the gamecube a lot of games don't technically support 480p but if you tell it to do 480p it's like fine it's like yeah sure whatever uh if you don't know 480i which is like interlay signal for old video game consoles doesn't necessarily play nice with most tvs and at this point i with a lot of 480i games, I just go ahead and bump it up to 480p. You know, if I if I'm doing it in the video or something like that, like recording actual content, I will definitely let you guys know that I'm bumping the resolution up. Um, uh, but but yeah, it's just especially on the GameCube with like Bob D interlacing with my HDMI adapter, it's just it's not pleasant to look at, and I'd rather just do a clean progressive image and and call it a day. So yeah. That's it for this week. Thanks for coming. Uh, OneControllReport.com is the website. Uh, I, I think I mentioned it last week, but the Chibi Robo, uh, what happened to the developers of Chibi Robo skip video is uh, up on the on YouTube and the website. Uh, I actually sent it over to Nintendo Life, and they they picked it up. And uh, unfortunately, some of the information that was written down uh, in the post was wrong. Uh, but I didn't notice it till like 24 hours later and people had already picked up the story and I was like, ah, God dang it. So, so if you go out there and you look at a bunch of posts about my Chibi Robo thing, uh, you'll see some of the dates are not correct, um, on, on the post. So, you know, if you want watch the video, that should have all the accurate information. If there's something wrong, let me know. I'll definitely try to see if I can patch that up in some way on the video side. Can't do much about Nintendo Life posts at this point. Um, and then, so I think Go Nintendo picked it up as well, and uh, it, just, it seemed to spread around a little bit. So yeah, Chibi Robo, show it some love. There's there's a great community out there. I was actually very surprised how active the Skip and Chibi Robo community was on Twitter. Um, it, was, it was pretty interesting to see. I, I joined the the Chibi Robo Discord recently, and it's going all the time. Actually, surprisingly, it's a lot more active than I thought it would be. Uh, and then, so I'm going to guess next week and this may move. And if it does move, it's not a big deal. I'll, I'll, I'll just show up next week and be like, yeah, Hey, he's me, Ben. Uh, but I think the lost kingdoms Two podcast should go up next week. So you should see that coming up here. Uh, I think the plan is at this point is just to replace a weekly episode. So, so you won't get me next week. Just talking to myself. You'll get me talking to other people about a video game. That I thought was pretty all right. Lost Kingdoms 2. And then also Lost Kingdoms 1, which I think is actually a really good game. <laughs> um, um, so yeah, that that's going to be up next week. In terms of quick plays and stuff, I, I have some things I can start looking at, but I haven't really set down a timeline yet. I'm also still planning the Japan stuff and working on that content. So that might delay me like getting quick plays up and running again pretty quickly. Uh, there is one thing in mind. I think We Play Motion might end up being a quick play if I can make it work out pretty quickly. But uh, 
But we'll see. I, I'm not sure how much more I need to do in that game in terms of content uh, until I feel good. I kind of wonder if I should do the multiplayer as well, but, you know, it's it's probably not a huge deal. So, and then, uh, and then, yeah, and then in terms of the next video, like the mo next primary piece of content, still looking at some options. I think until I figure out, like, get, get all this Japan trip uh, pre-content done, and scheduled i i don't think i'm going to think too much about it the lost kingdoms 2 podcast is also a big like barrier in terms of me thinking about what was next so uh now that this is done i think we'll go ahead and and uh start looking at our options i i have about a handful of things on my plate that i can think of some that are gonna be more work than others some are gonna be less work than others so hopefully i can get something to you guys before the end of the year i would love to get two things to, to you guys before the end of the year but i timeline wise i don't think it's gonna work out uh, but, you know, I'll try my best, try my best to get you everything I can. And also doing a Halloween stream on Thursday at 7 o'clock. So we're going to play, like, some random stuff like Sonic Adventure and, and Pen Pen Triathlon and stuff like that. So festive -y Halloween kind of content. Um, but, yeah, that's going to be it. Thanks for coming. Wunkshortport.com's website, and I hope you have a great week. Bye.